Hello, lovers. Hello. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caitlin. Welcome to Love and a Romance Podcast. How are you doing today, Caitlin? I am good. Had a little too much pizza. <laughs> we had a lot of pizza. <laughs> We're very tired. We recorded our first promo right mm-hmm. before this after like a slice of pizza and we were really amped up and then we had more pizza and now we're really tired and by recorded our first promo she means we took about 25 (laughs) takes to say maybe two minutes worth of information (laughs) because we are loopy well the pizza made us crazy yeah the pizza's full so but now we're ready for nap time but instead of nap time we're gonna talk about time travel romance and oh my gosh i am gushing over this trope i enjoyed it so much I had the best past few weeks reading all this stuff. What about you? It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I read... So one of my favorite books of all time is The Time Traveler's Wife. Not a romance. Not a romance. Not a romance. Um, Very, very good. An amazing book. Who is it by? I I don't even remember. remember. That book is amazing. And then one of the books we're going to talk about, one of the series we're going to talk about here, I read a few months ago, and I loved that. But the ones I read for today, I, I, li- I liked them. I just wasn't, and I don't have any snarky comments about them. They weren't like bad or awkward. <laughs> they just, um, they just weren't my thing, which is fine. It yeah. happens every once in a while. But it's still, it's a great trope. Yeah. I am a history junkie. Yes. A hundred percent. And so I just, I totally dig the history around time travel romance, no matter the period. And it's interesting because I actually really don't like historical romance or like Regency romance, or at least I haven't, I haven't dedicated enough time to like really reading and finding some good ones, but I don't mind a time travel romance that takes place in like a Regency era. Um, Something about the the clash of the cultures it's just so entertaining like there's just so much material yes, there yes i was also thinking last time last thematic episode you know it was the tessa bailey book until tessa bailey episode you talked a lot about like porn and plot and the balance mm-hmm. and i feel like the with time travel it's almost necessary that there'll be more plot than porn because there's so much you have to like explain like you kind of have to explain two different you know time periods and then how they get together there's just a lot more yeah. material that you have to get through that's not just like taking clothes off and often if you're going back in time or someone's coming forward in time one of the people is not used to being as lascivious as the other one yeah yeah you have to do a lot of research i respect honestly any author romance or otherwise who does any sort of historical fiction because the sheer amount of research that goes into it even if it's like a light touch yeah into the plot and the world building i just have a lot of respect for it because it seems overwhelming to do that on top of plot and creating characters that Mm -hmm. mean things and then creating context for everything and dialogue it's just it's so much especially when you compare that to some authors who can't even pull up google maps to figure out that like (laughs) spokane is not you know next to seattle and you can't drive there in 15 minutes are you gonna tell me what you're referencing no i don't even know the book i just know (laughs) that i i don't even i think i dnf'd it I don't even fucking remember. As soon as I got But the this happens wrong. a lot. This happens a lot where all it's like a big city. It'll be Seattle or New York and they'll just be like, oh yeah, like, you know. And then I went to Chicago. And then I walked to Long Island. I'm like, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> yes, there 
I would say research is very difficult, but it can also be very easy because hello, internet. Yes. What briefly though, just because you mentioned your history of being into history, can you tell, we all know that we're both lawyers, but can you tell the audience what you used to study, (laughs) the type of, because I think it's really interesting. Yeah, sure. So before I was an attorney, (laughs) I studied art history in college, which I never thought I would be into, but just fell in love with it as a freshman and then I went to grad school and did ancient studies and was focusing on Egyptology which if that is a new word to you is the study of ancient Egypt and Kristen used to teach she used to work at a museum and she would teach kids about like mummification processes and stuff and didn't a kid faint once when you were telling them about how they bring the brains through the nose (laughs) yes this is such a big tangent but yes (laughs) because we had a jello mold of the brains we like created a workshop and we had like a real looking dead body but he was like foam so we could show like where the incision is dude that's dope it was really cool um they still do it there I've like seen it on their museum website and I'm like oh I helped pilot that that's so cool um so, yes, I have a total ancient Egypt heart on. <laughs> and we both recently rewatched The Mummy. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, which needs that. to be a book also. Yeah, which is not a time travel unfortunately. No, okay, we're really like, interesting. So though. off tangent. It's fine. But what I what I didn't get to read though is like an ancient Egypt time travel romance. I read about a lot of other eras though. Before we talk about the books themselves though, I wanted to talk about first what we're wearing on our nails. Because if you've been listening, we love nail polish almost as much as we love romance books. And False. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Our collection says otherwise. True. But we always try to make our nails thematic in nail polish name to this week's episode. So, Caitlin, what color are you wearing? I am wearing chronological order, which is like a dark brown. It's a, it's actually lovely. I really love this color. I, wear, I like I neutrals. Wear yeah. Neutrals are great. I like a dark neutral. I wear it a lot. Yeah. Well, I am wearing My Solar Clock is Ticking, which is like a muted pomegranate color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. So, anyways... On to the good stuff. Um, actually, one more thing. Content warning. Oh, God, I just want to talk about the books already. <laughs> Brief content warning. General one for this. Just course words and sex, obviously. We're going to mention a few trigger warnings as we get into the books, but we'll try to try to keep, make those books specific this time. Yeah. If Obviously, if you're not into talking about sex, then you're at the wrong place probably. But anyways. <laughs> moving on okay so before we get into the books what i wanted to talk about is why we love time travel romance and i feel like we talked about it a little bit already this kind of unfamiliarity taking one person someplace and dropping them another and there's a culture clash and usually that by itself i feel like lends to a great plot and more often i didn't read any of these that weren't the case but like someone from the future travels to the past And naturally, in most cases, the person from the future is in a society that's a little bit more open and, like, probably doesn't have, you know, as strict cultural, yeah, moral or cultural norms around, like, dress and, like, sexual prowess and all of this. And so it's shocking. (laughs) There's a shock factor to that person going back. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I really feel like time travel romance lends itself to is this whole idea of like faded mates the idea that you have love across boundaries so on the one hand the first thing we talked about really lends itself to some 
steamy hot scenes because you have someone who is probably dressed a little bit more scandalously from the time and a little bit more bold. On the other hand, you have two people that are falling in love across the time and universe and against all odds against all odds impossibility yeah yeah i love that i was also going to mention it's always interesting to me how the author explains or does not explain why the time travel is happening and how it's caused i think that's always like an interesting like it just happens sometimes and sometimes there's actually a mechanism where they explain (laughs) it it's just it's always interesting how what they come up with i think yeah you could even have like the same type of characters but just based on how the time travel functions and like where and when they go it Mm -hmm. just lends itself to a whole bunch of things so anyways let's jump right in i mean the first time travel romance that i recall reading at least not watching we'll talk about some movies is outlander oh you read outlander oh i read outlander all like all no no okay so outlander is by dana gabaldon and i hope i'm pronouncing that right (laughs) I I read the first four books, actually, and I started reading them a little bit before the show came out, which is now on Netflix, I think. I feel like it didn't start at Netflix. And have have you just seen the show? You haven't? I have seen the first, like, two and a half seasons of the show. Oh, the third season is good. So I stopped reading them after the fourth book because I kind of lost steam with the plot. I think there's, like, nine books now or something. But the whole story, if this is a new series to you, is that... Claire is living in World War II England and she visits with her husband with her husband who's a professor it's just after the war actually she was like skilled at being like a a nurse or a medic during the wartime and she is visiting Scotland with her husband and basically like falls through time and arrives back in I'm gonna butcher the historical term but it's right before there's a Scottish Revolution we're about to butcher a lot of historical terms <laughs> yeah. in this episode. Trigger warning, if you are an actual historian, we apologize. I'm about to ruin your night. <laughs> <laughs> the Jacobite Revolution. That's yeah, what I want to talk about. Yes. Nice. So it's like 17 something. I feel like it's like 1730s or 40s. Anyway, so she travels back in time and she's like, obviously in the 50s, they weren't wearing like booty shorts and whatever. So you don't have like, if someone from today would travel back in time, you don't have that kind of like difference. But she is a woman who helped out with, you know, mm-hmm. wartime medicine, and she is punchy, and and she's British, and they're very wary of the yeah, Brits yeah. The time, and so. she ends up kind of falling into love with this um, Scottish Highlander mm-hmm. who is actually younger than her by like I don't know five or six years, and they get together, and you know I won't spoil the series too much, although I think I feel like the first book was published in the nineties or something or the early two thousands, so I feel like I can spoil it a little bit. But the second book, they're in France, so it's like a change of scenery. And then she goes back to the future because the war is coming. And she doesn't come back to the past for 20 fucking years. (laughs) Kristen talks about this a lot. I just, I loved the whole concept. Like I said, it was my first time travel novel. I loved the whole idea. It's like romantic. It's love across time and boundaries. But 20 years apart was too much for me. And this is not a grape on, like, the fact that then they're in their 40s and she's, like, 50 or whatever when they reunite. Older people can be romantic heroes and heroines. That is not my issue. Just 20 years is just, like, too long to keep people apart. I felt like it was, like, totally unfair to the characters. It's almost an unhappy yeah, ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, t- 10 years would have been, like, not fine, but I could have dealt with that. And I, I understand why she did it because they end up having a daughter – 
and the daughter grows up in the future. And so when they go back, she's, you know, 18 or 19 by then. And so she can become like a a real character in the plot and like be an adult in the plot versus being like a 10 year old. And it's like more interesting that she also she couldn't leave her daughter until she was like, yeah, yeah. But I was just very angry. Um, That happens in the third book where they reunite. And honestly, it like was very angsty and like, there was a lot of buildup, and so I loved it. But by the time I got to the fourth book, though, I just, I couldn't, I don't know. I lost yeah. it for me. Here's my only issue, and I've, again, I've only seen the show. Here's my only issue. You have two characters and a TV show, and they look a certain way, and then we're supposed to believe that 20 years have passed, <laughs> and they look the fucking same. Well, they she, look, has like- she, she has mild gray hairs. <laughs> she has a few that's my... She wears glasses. And it's not like they're in present day where you've got fucking Botox. Like, they should look a little more worse for the wear than they do. That is my only well, gripe with it. I feel like the people who wanted to make it a show were like, we want to make a show so bad. We want to pretend that they weren't apart yeah. for 20 years. I really years. feel like we need to embrace older people in romance novels. Absolutely. And, like, realistic ones. Yeah. That's a tough story for another time. But Well, okay, sidebar, because we love those by the time this episode comes out, we will have seen the new Sandra Bullock movie, mm. which is, gosh, what is it called? The Lost City. The Lost City, which um, comes out late March um, 2022. She is a romance author, gets in this like adventure scheme with Channing Tatum, who plays the cover model for her books. But Sandra Bullock looks fantastic. Mm. She is 50 fucking seven years old. She's 57? 57! Holy shit. J-Lo also looks amazing. Yeah. She's so, how old she is. I mean, I don't know how old the character she plays, but like... Okay, but listen. There is not a single actress that I'm aware of that doesn't have some help that's of outside course. of nature. And no, Claire of didn't have any help outside of nature. She's working as a doctor. She's like a surgeon by the end of it. Yeah. She's raising a child, basically on her own. And she's... Li- listen. She doesn't look the same as she did when she was 28. I'm just... She's got good Which genes. Which is fine. She doesn't need to, but make it realistic. Okay, let's move on. We'll yeah, move on. okay. Anyway, so this, is, this is my gateway drug into time travel romance. And honestly, it is a really good series and I'm not bashing and I just, it broke my heart too much that they were apart for so long. When I started reading time travel romance, it also made me think about like, what time would I travel to? I mean, have you ever had that like absurd conversation in your head? No, not until today. But really? I, I actually know part of your answer because you've told me this before. Oh, yeah. Okay. What's my answer? Well, you have told me. No, you've told me at a bottom limit. You have told me because Kristen studied ancient civilizations. You have told me that you couldn't go anywhere before there was soap. Yeah. Soap has existed for a long time. But like the early 1900s is when like personal hygiene really becomes a thing. <laughs> and so like that's my functional line. But there's so much I want to see before that. So there's like my fun line, which might be like, I don't know, like probably ancient Egypt. I'd probably go all the way the fuck back. They wouldn't um, know what to do with you. I know. They wouldn't. No, they'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> they'd kill me or worship me. One of those. But the functional line is probably like 1915, which is a bad place to be because then it's going to be the war. Yeah, you got to get past World War II. Maybe like ni- 1920. Let's just say. When was the Great Depression though? 1929. Okay, Come on. so good. It's basic history. Listen. I've been out. It's been a minute. What? So you're going to live through the Great Depression? No, I'll go back. Okay. You're bringing whoever it is with I'm you? I'm going to live in the Gatsby era and then I'm going <laughs> to go back. You're going to trade one Roaring Twenties for the other. I'll give okay. him tips on the future. So he... Put him in your name. Is not, put the stocks in your name. Is not in the Great Depression crash and he's not affected by it. And then I'll go back. And then I'll leave again when it's the war. And you know, this is just how it works. You've thought a lot about this. 
I don't know how you haven't. I okay, haven't. fine. When would you go back? When and where? This was a question we had, like, prior to the episode, and you haven't thought I about it. I don't really... Well, I didn't really think I'd have to answer it. I wasn't really thinking that far ahead. I... I literally... I don't really sheet. know that I'd want to go back. What? You're not curious about history at all? Okay. That is a extreme, <laughs> extreme You would want to see history and, like, you're real. But do I have like, to stay there? Or is no, it, like, I can no, go visit? No, don't have to Is this, stay. like, I'm... Well, here's my... Are you talking about... Am I in... Am I in a... You're saying, what is a travel... What time would you, what time, this is the question she wrote down. When, no, she wrote down where, actually. Where would you time travel romance to, with two O's, in your own romance? First of all, not a sentence. (laughs) Second of all, I don't even know what this question means. So no, I don't have a fucking answer. Here's my issue. I am an attorney and I am very smart. (laughs) And this is one sentence that I fucked up. Probably thinking about pizza. Uh, probably. And where is a good question, too? Because you can go lots of places. There's Well, okay. So if I could go, like, a where, I'd probably go to, like, early 1900s in Europe or something. Because I just mm. think it'd be really beautiful. My problem with anything between, like, the 50s and now is that the food was really fucking weird for a couple decades. Oh, fuck yeah, it was. Like, it was just, like, canned green beans all jello, for, like, years. basically. And yeah. spam. And I don't want the whole housewives thing. It was just, like, a weird time that I don't, I can't get on board with. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But I'd probably go to like, well, I'd go to Europe at any time. Well, except for the You know, it'd be wars, cool, like but... when the Impressionists live, like mm. the latter half of the 19th century. Oh, like that movie, um, Midnight in Paris. Yeah. That's a, that's a time travel romance. Yeah. Actually, actually, yeah, that I is mean, everyone is on absinthe or some other drug. Yeah. It's great. Psychedelic. You know what I really liked about that movie is that there was time travel within time travel. Did you ever see that movie? I did not see that movie. You need to see that movie. It's actually really good. It's funny because he goes back to, I think he goes back to the 20s or 30s and he meets all the like famous authors and he's hanging out with all the famous artists and it's really cool, which I think would be really awesome if you could go be in that society. I think he starts dating a woman and she's like, oh, I've been going back to an even earlier time because she's like from that time. She's been going back to an even earlier time and she thinks that's the golden age. And so it's like this whole realization of like, oh, wherever you are is actually good. I think I just spoiled that movie for everyone. It's really cute. Well, I still want to see it. So you should watch it. That's very cute. But that's the power I want to just go to any time and like take a walk. One of the books I read kind of does that and it's like really cool. I want to travel to a time before social media. Oh god, and me then too. I want to stay there. This would just be like our youth, basically. <laughs> yeah. I was looking back. I didn't get an iPhone until 2010, which was kind of late. I clung to my BlackBerry. I had a BlackBerry in college. It yeah. was fucking weird. I had a Palm Pilot, but actually, I was pretty. pretty I was pretty young. <laughs> I was just like a. I was like a weird 12 year old, and was like, I would like a Palm Pilot for Christmas. I had because you chose our phones. <laughs> I had a pink. Razor, the pink Motorola Razor is iconic. Kristen chose iconic. Are you mad about this? I just like look. I think I still have it. You should. It's an icon. It's like the original colored MacBook or something. I wish we had one of those. So cool. Okay, we We are way off. We did read books for this. We did read books. I also just want to talk about two more movies that are time travelly. No, why? We're doing a romance (laughs) podcast. We can talk about books or movies. I do love one of these. Kate and Leopold. I've never seen it. Really. Okay, Hugh Jackman. That's all you need to know. Okay. And also Meg Ryan. And kind oh. of like the tail end of Meg Ryan's career. I mean, she still, I think she still has a career. But like when I think of Meg Ryan. Like the cute romance. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, Meg okay. Ryan is like 90s romance queen. Yeah. And I feel like this was like early 2000s. I think he's from like Regency era New York. I have seen this. And he like falls through a time hole that's like above the Brooklyn Bridge or something, which is still being built. Gotta watch out for those holes. <laughs> yeah. You never know when you're going to fall through time. 
you happen to be walking on a bridge that's under construction. <laughs> and uh, I have seen this movie. <laughs> yeah. And she is like a powerful working woman of the early 2000s. And he's all like gentlemanly. And anyway, it's very good. There's some cool fashion in it. Like I, this whole thing, that she wears a dress at the end that's like very 90s in the front and very Regency in the back. And it's I a just mullet met- dress? Kind of, wow. but I just remember being like, oh my god, this designer is brilliant. She like captured both eras perfectly. Okay, Aww. I'm gushing. It's a good movie. It's an oldie but a goodie. Let's talk about some fucking books. Wait, you have 13 going on 30. How you not mention that? Because I don't really remember what happens. Oh, it's so cute. Okay, you explain it. Wait, really briefly. She is Jennifer... Garner. Garner. Yeah, yeah. She's like best friends with this guy growing up, and then she ends up hanging out with the popular girls and like dissing him, I think. She's like 13 and she, I think she falls and hits her head or something and she wakes up and she's 30 and she's has this fabulous life. She has all these She's 13 in her head though. Yeah, she's still 13, but she wakes up in her 30 year old body and like in her life and she's got this like naked man in her apartment and she's never seen a naked man. It's very funny. And basically she realizes that her life as a 30 year old with the path that she was on that night because she made fun of her best friend or something because she was with these popular girls, her life is just kind of devoid of meaning and she has to go find maddie who's her friend from when she was 13 and basically like he tells her that like she stopped hanging out with him and they went their separate ways and it's just a really nice and a really nice story and yeah. she goes back to being 13 and makes a different decision and, and mark ruffalo ugh. plays adult maddie and he's just the just cutest love him he's so cute okay books books first up probably my favorite top of the list time travel series the parallel series by elizabeth o'rourke who is a fantastic fucking author that I feel like no one knows about. Everything is on KU, first of all, so you should go read her stuff. Yeah, yeah. She she has, like, all these sleepers. Like, I yes. I didn't even put it together that she was the same author. She has another book called Waking Olivia yeah. and some related books, which We're I We're going to do a whole spotlight I, on her. Yeah, I read randomly, I think, yeah. and then I told you about it. It's fucking amazing. But yeah, her books are great. Well, we will have a uh, But we it. were pulling these out of her uh, spotlight episode because they're on time travel. Mm-hmm. There's four books in the series, and they kind of go in pairs. The you first have two. to read them in order. You have to read them in order, and they go in pairs. So you can read the first two, and then... You could stop or you could then read the next two. Yes, I have only read the first two. And please talk about them because they're great. I'm not going to actually say too much because I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to. And that first one ends on a cliffhanger. The first one ends on a cliffhanger. And the second one just has a lot of shit that like a lot of twists. It's very twisty in the words of Detective Pikachu. I don't get the reference. Great fucking movie. Go watch it. I've seen it twice. The Pikachu movie? Ryan Reynolds? Detective Pikachu? Listen, I love him, but I do feel like romance, he plays like the same character in every movie. Yeah, but it's a great character, and he's married to Blake. I'd rather look at his face though than a whatever no, Pikachu is. You gotta see it. We'll add it to our list. <laughs> Back to the books, Caitlin. <laughs> this is your fault. So Nick and Quinn, it's just a very interesting concept, and there's again like lots of twists and turns. The way she brings the story together is amazing. So Quinn is looking at wedding venues because she's going to get married to this other guy, and she grew up having these. Uh, say they were like visions or dreams dreams visions of like this other life with this guy named nick and like in this other life she's friends with him and then as she gets older she's in a relationship with him and basically her mom thinks that she's basically tells her that she's like imagining this and she goes to therapy and she like stops you know seeing him stops having these visions for a number of years but she's about to get married and she's like out on the grass and she's smelling the smells and she's hearing the sounds and she's like i feel like i've been here before and she has i think she has like a migraine and she falls over and when she passes out she 
has basically another vision or she feels like she's living this other life or she's in this, I think she's like in an apartment with Nick and they're married or something. And so it's very realistic and she feels like she knows this guy. And so she wakes up back in her regular life and she says Nick's name instead of her fiance's name. And her mom's like, what did you just say? Like the Nick that you've been making your up in your head. friend from your childhood. <laughs> yeah. So they take her to the hospital because she's like basically just passed out they don't know what's wrong with her i think she has like a brain tumor or something and lo and behold her doctor is nick and she knows who he is and she knows things about him and he also kind of recognizes her but he doesn't know why he doesn't know why but they like know all these things about her they're sort of instantly attracted to each other drawn to each other i would say and basically the first book is her sort of figuring out like why do I know these things about you? Why do I have these memories of you? And what are we going to do about the fact that we are drawn together? And it's a time travel romance because I'll mm-hmm. talk about this for the third and fourth book, but like the concept of time travel is that like women in certain families yes. have the ability to time travel. But these two books are actually more about like parallel universes in a way. Yeah. So Quinn has a weird ability to travel and see like other lives that she has led basically. Yeah. In parallel. I don't want to give too much away and I won't even really say how the time traveling works because I think even that is sort of a spoiler. Yeah. But it's really well done. It's beautiful. The story is great. I think it's pretty steamy. I don't really even remember. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. The third and the fourth book are a separate story, but you should still read them in order. You should read three and four after the first two. They're called Across Time and Across Eternity and these are a more traditional time travel romance. They take place in the same universe. So the main female character is Amelie. She is living in like, I feel like it's 1987 or 1989, and she has the power to time travel, and she is not very good at it though, is kind of how she feels. And for some reason, and I read this a while ago, so I can't quite remember, I think she's having some dreams that make her think like she has to go back to 1938. Like that's what's drawing her or something. And the way time travel works for her is like she has to be in the exact place that she wants to time travel back to and then she can go back and like be in that place so she can't like time travel from new york in 2017 to like france in 2010 like she has to be in france she goes to france because that's where she believes she has to go and she goes back to 1938 and she meets marie and her brother henry which is definitely henri, henri. it's definitely henri <laughs> fine i will say it the correct it's okay name. wait till i talk about my irish book Right. So they both actually speak English, although she speaks very good French and she keeps it from them for a little bit that she speaks English. You mean speaks French? That she, yeah, that she speaks French. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But the romance is between Amelie and Henri and it's an enemies to lover. He dislikes her at first because there's some prophecy that I won't disclose, but some time travel related prophecy that both of them think surround Marie He's very protective of his sister. He doesn't know why Amelie is here. They're not actually shocked to see her because Marie time travels as well. So Mm. they're like, they don't know who she is, but they're like, okay, you're a time traveler. And Amelie and Henri basically have a lot of banter and eventually end up together. And they get split up at the end of the third book. There's a cliffhanger. And I won't give away much of the fourth book except to say that it's extremely angsty World War II starts to rear its head with talks of Henri, you know, going to war and whatnot. And it's a really, really good book. It's definitely very different from the first two books, especially because it takes place in World War II France, but extremely angsty. I will say there's a trigger warning for the fourth book. There is what could arguably be considered cheating. And I know some people consider that a trigger warning. 
I love these books though and I'm a big fan of super angsty reads and Elizabeth O'Rourke does that shit really well. Yeah. And so there yeah, was the first, So the, there's really two duets and the first two are in contemporary and the second two it sounds like are yeah. set in the past. The yeah. other thing I will say for the last, the third and fourth book is that there is a happy ending but for me it felt like just barely. Like it just slid across the line. Still mm-hmm. great books. Like absolutely. But it wasn't as like ta-da as yeah. you would see otherwise there is definitely a happy ending after the second book yeah the, the first, first duet first duet yeah yeah so definitely check wow. those out they're yeah. on ku which is kindle unlimited okay what are we talking about next we're talking about what the wind knows by amy Harmon. this is about anne gallagher which is how it's pronounced in the book and thomas smith and i just just a note that i <laughs> so i really liked this this one I actually listened to half on audiobook, which I hadn't done before because I hadn't seen that option in any of my books yet. And I, I needed to listen to an audiobook for various reasons. But before I realized I could do that, at the beginning of the book, she's living in America with her Irish grandfather. And she talks about how she practices having an Irish accent because she really wants to go to Ireland. And she basically like teaches herself how to have an Irish accent so she knows how to do it, which comes in handy when she time travels back to the past in Ireland later. But I decided that I was going to read this book, and in my head, I was going to do the whole thing in an Irish accent, <laughs> which meant that it took me forever to read it on my own. So you actually read slower because yeah. you wasn't really like forcing yeah. it, or like you started and then you couldn't stop. It was a mixture. Like it didn't work in your head if you stopped. No, it was a mixture. Okay, I like kept coming back to it, and I thought Very. in my head I'm like great at it. And then Josh would be like, we'll say something. And it would just be like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it just was but, not. But how did you do that with the audio? He's talking about when you switched from the audio. No, when I that was when I was reading it by myself okay. first. And then I switched to the audio. And she has she reads it in an American accent and then an Irish accent when Anne is like pretending to speak I won't embarrass accent. you in front of our listeners I wouldn't to also it. ask you to I wouldn't say do something it. with an Irish accent I wouldn't do right it now. even if you asked me to. Okay. But it is funny, though. There's because... our lines. We'll talk about dicks, but we won't do anything in an accent. <laughs> uh, maybe later. Um... <laughs> But I will say that it was good that I listened to it on audio because her grandfather's name is spelled E-O-I-N. And when I was reading it, I thought I was being very clever in discerning that it is pronounced Ian because I thought that's how maybe the Irish spelled Ian. And as soon as she started reading, she pronounced it Owen. And I realized that I am an idiot who knows nothing about Irish accents and I need to stop pretending that I do. Anyway, so the time travel romance is very educational. So educational. I did learn. Well, as you'll see, I didn't learn a lot, but there was a lot to learn. I just didn't. I read it too quickly once I was listening to it on audio. Okay, so 2001, pre 9-11, Anne Gallagher is an author and she's living with her, uh, she's living with or near her grandfather, Owen, who is Irish, but moved to the States when he was maybe 18. She is really really close with him and then he dies and she is devastated and he gives her a couple of things he gives her i think her mother's wedding ring he gives her a journal of his father's friend thomas and then he gives her some photographs of his mom also named Anne, who looks a lot like Anne gallagher the main character and she's like stop reading ahead in my notes i'm listening yeah pay attention pay attention i don't want to ruin it and she she's like oh this is crazy and she notices when she's looking at the photographs that owen's mother Anne and her husband declan are look very happy together and then there's this one photo of Anne with thomas declan's best friend and they're looking at each other 
like super adoringly and she's like this is really weird like did he love his best friend's wife it's like interesting so she thinks there's like some story there so her granddad she keeps wanting to go to ireland and he's like no 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 we're gonna go together when i die and she's really upset about this but he like refuses he like won't let her go she's traveled everywhere he won't let her go he's just until like, he dies? Well, he's like, he keeps, I think for the, her whole life, he's like, we'll go later, we'll go later. And then he's finally on his deathbed and he's like, you need to go and spread my ashes. But okay. don't go before then. He's basically like, it's not time. Don't go. And she's like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about, but okay. But she's traveled everywhere else for her writing. She's gone to like Australia. She's very well traveled. She has like millions of dollars because of her writing. She's just... As she's all doing really authors well. have. Yeah, but she has no personal life. She's got, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so if you write and have no personal life, you too can be a millionaire. Mm, yeah. Let's go with that. Endorsement. I think she slept with like two people. She's like dated two, I guess those two people. And mostly she, her only friend really is her granddad and like her agent. Aw, kind of aw, kind of. Eh. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's sweet. So anyway, so she goes to Ireland. She goes to the town where he grew up. I guess. And then he wants her to spread his ashes on a specific lake. So she goes to the lake and she takes his ashes. And first she reads, she starts reading this diary of Thomas Smith that her granddad gave her. And it starts in 1916 and he's talking about something fucking happening in Ireland against Britain. <laughs> I just Example of how Caitlin kind of skimmed over some shit. Listen, just I was the history busy and I wanted the steam, which never came which I'll talk about in a minute. Sometimes um, it's like that. Sometimes it's like that. So she goes in the in the boat and she spreads his ashes and suddenly it's all misty. This is what I'm talking about with like the different time travel things. I actually thought this was really, this was pretty well done, but it's suddenly like really misty and she's like, this is weird. And then she hears somebody whistling that wasn't before. And then a bow of a ship, like a, not a ship, like a big, bigger boat appears. And there's a guy with a gun there and he shoots her in the side and she like falls into the water and she loses all the stuff she had in the boat. And she's like, in the water with a gunshot and she's like okay i'm gonna die and also why was that man wearing like a tweed hat like what is, <laughs> what is happening i'm dying but also was there like a renaissance festival nearby that i didn't know about yeah i'll check that out next yeah. time yeah yeah and then this guy pulls her onto the boat and he's like Anne, and she's like yeah yeah that's me i don't know who you are but it's fine and she thinks she recognized him she doesn't know why anyway it turns out it's thomas smith and the year is 1921 and Anne Gallagher and Declan, her husband, have died. They died in 1916. And Declan's body was found, but Anne's was not. So Thomas looked for her and just decided eventually that she was dead in the whatever revolution it was. Like, they decided that she was gone. But then Anne Gallagher shows up and looks exactly the same. So she's Ellen's not mom. the same person. She just She's looks. not the same person, but they look exactly alike. And her name is also Anne, so everyone assumes that she is Anne from five years ago who died, and that she showed up, and everyone's like, where the fuck have you been? And she's like, I can't explain it, basically. And so Thomas is really angry, like, everybody's really angry at first, because she had a son, like, Anne, previous Anne, had a son, Owen, who now everyone thinks she's just abandoned for five years. Which is actually her grandfather. Yes. Okay. But Owen, her grandfather, thinks that it's actually his mom, and she really missed her grandfather and now he's like a little boy and she really cares about him and so she basically pretends to be this other Anne it's fucking around everyone the whole grandfather it's very son thing it's a little weird but he eventually obviously figures it out because he has thomas's journals and that was the journal that he gave her that like it, it explains like her time travel and so so i should say it's dual perspective but the narration is hers and then thomas's chapters are just excerpts from his journal which is kind of interesting so basically, eventually she tells Thomas who she actually is. 
you know, she, she was studying Irish history because she wanted to write a book. So she has all this information about what was going on and what's about to happen. The people that she does tell about this, they think she has like the sight. And then there's a bunch of people that don't trust her because of what they know about the previous Anne. And so they're sort of like out to get her. So it's not like a super safe situation for her, but they fall in love. It's very sweet. It is fade to black. Which is so <laughs> yeah, sad. Very sweet. Uh, well, it was <laughs> like, it was, no, I really, I actually, I didn't think I was going to be that into it. And then I don't think, I won't tell you what happens at the end, but until about 98%, I was pretty sure that I had made a mistake and it was not a romance novel and it was not going to have a happy ending. And I was bawling. I was crying so hard. <laughs> and then the happy ending happened. And, and then like, you were redeemed. fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> and then you text me and you're like. Yes. And I am going to tell a spoiler now. So if you are going to read this book, you need to jump ahead by like a minute. But Kristen, you know how you mentioned Outlander and how pissed you were that yeah. they showed up. So at the end of this book, spoiler, go ahead. She goes back to the future. She's almost drowned by somebody in the lake and she ends up going back to the future because it's the same lake and she can't get back to the past she goes back and she's only been gone a week even though she was actually in the past for like four or five months and she's pregnant so it's very similar to outlander situation but then he thomas he raises owen until he's 18 so he stays in the past for 10 years and then he goes into the lake once owen goes to the states and he shows up and it's only been a few months so for him, it's been 10 years, but for her, it's only been a few months. So they can actually like raise their child together. He's now older than her, That's obviously. so fucked up. Yeah, but he, I think he was a few years younger than her to begin with. And now he's like a couple years older than she is. But it's better than losing 20 years together. It is. But it and does, they can still raise their baby It together. does present the whole heartbreak of time travel romance. Because yeah. going back to Elizabeth O'Rourke's parallel series, that those third and fourth books, there is also like multiple separations and spoiler alert skip the next 30 seconds i won't tell the whole thing but the end of that book does have them being separated for a long time and it's heartbreaking so it's like which wait the first two? the second the second two oh, okay i haven't read the, that the ones that take place with Henri and amelie in world war ii france so yeah i feel like it's hard because what are you gonna do you have two characters who are on yes opposite but, places opposite times and it's right. hard to come to something that feels as real as time travel romance could possibly feel yeah. I think this book did a good job of it in the end because it is as happy an ending as you could get with the fact that if he had gone back immediately, Owen would have been raised by nobody. And so no kids had to be raised alone, basically, is yeah. the ending, which is, I think actually they did it really well. I will say one really funny thing is that she goes back and she put on like slacks or something to spread her grandfather's ashes. But everyone's like, why are you wearing, like, men's clothing? They're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, they don't understand what she's wearing. And then at some point, I think Thomas comes into her room and she's wearing her old clothes because they're just more comfortable. And he's like, she's wearing, like, a tweed sweater. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, what's <laughs> what's wrong with you? Where have you been? So it's many really hijinks with fashion. It's so funny. Yeah. It's um, really good. Okay. But I will say there's a lot of history, obviously, most of which I didn't take in. But if you are, like, into history sounded pretty legit and it was pretty interesting great yeah so that's good that's good but there's not a lot of steam okay okay i'm done i want to talk about a different kind of time travel romance i read a stitch in time oh my gosh i did not put the author down kelly armstrong it's kelly armstrong mm -hmm. a stitch in time which is a gothic time travel romantic suspense what taking place on the moors of england have i captured you already Yes. Um, would be great to read in the fall because, like, gothic everything, but really, honestly, great anytime. 
so it takes place between Bronwyn, our heroine, and William. Bronwyn lives in modern day, 2000 something. William lives roughly 170 years before that. So I guess it's like the 1830s, maybe something like that. I feel like they didn't do an exact date. They talked more about like this 170 year gap. Anyway, Bronwyn's actually American, but she, during the summers, comes to visit her aunt and uncle's house on the moors of England, and she spends every summer there as a child, and during those times, she has a friend, William, and she visits William by time-traveling through her bedroom. She's not exactly sure how it happens, but they become friends, and over those succeeding summers, uh, they basically become besties, and she doesn't really tell other people about William in her own time because they get a little weirded out by it. And he doesn't tell people about her in his time because they don't want to freak them out. But they both kind of understand, even at a young age, that they're clearly time traveling. So they have these summers together. And then when she's like 15 or something, they've actually started to become romantic. I think they share, you know, a kiss and she sees a ghost one night in her time when she's sleeping in her room and something something happens and then her grandfather dies what's with all the grandfathers or sorry it's not her uncle dying okay it's her uncle still there's a lot of yeah he falls from balcony he dies and her mother or her father i can't recall takes her away from that house in england and she doesn't go back for another 23 years she never spends another summer there but 23 years later so she's like in her 30s, more mature than your average college contemporary romance heroine. Love it. She goes back because she's now inherited the house from her aunt who has passed away. And she's feeling okay about going back, but uh, she's a little worry. She, you know, talks to people in the village who bring her up there and they're like, oh, this place has always been haunted. And she's like, yeah, I kind of had weird feelings when I was younger and she kind of recalls this time travel with William but she also thinks she made it up like even though it happened like when she was pretty old yeah enough time has passed that she's like yeah it must have been fake and so but in addition to to doing the time travel what she can do she's clearly like someone who is I don't know if clairvoyant is the right word but she's like a person who sees ghosts and like Mm. has a relationship with the other side mm-hmm. um yeah like i don't Naturally. know yeah. i don't know if clairvoyant is the right word listen but... i've been watching a lot of vampire diaries okay so you know it yeah you I'm, get it i'm hip to what you're saying <laughs> yes so yeah so she goes back to the house and she accidentally one morning wakes up in her room but not her room and there's a man next to her and it's william aged 23 years since the last time she saw him And she's like, oh, this is a dream. And it starts pretty steamy because they're in bed and they're both kind of sleeping. And he's like spooning her. And she's like, this is really nice. And she thinks she's like having a, oh my God, just a really great dream. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. And then they both kind of like actually wake up and they're like, what? And so this happens like two more times, not necessarily like in bed, but where she like slips back into time. And when he sees her again, he's like really fucking pissed off. Because she left? Yeah. So what Mm -hmm. ends up happening is after a few more times, like, they realize that, like, oh my gosh, no, you are real. You actually exist. Um, Didn't make this up. I am time traveling. And also, like, he is very angry because she left. And she obviously explains, like, what happened, why she was gone for 23 years. He's kind of like a grumpy curmudgeon um, character in the beginning. And then they, their romance grows together and it's really sweet. 
I'm not, I don't want you to spoil it because I want to read this. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say a few more things. There, There is a whole romantic, there is a whole suspense plot dealing with ghosts and a murderer and women who have gone into the moors near the house and have not come back over the last 170 years and what happened to them and her seeing them and all kinds of things. There is also an ability, and I think like in addition to figuring out how the time travel happens in a lot of these books, there's also always like rules of time travel, like what can you bring with you, what can you not? And Bronwyn happens to be able to take things with her. So like she slips back into time, and by the way, she doesn't do it intentionally, like just like happens, but she usually has to start in her room. And she has her phone with her, so she like takes pictures and stuff, and like video, and she's like showing William, and he's like, this fucking thing that's so cool (laughs) and he's like what do you mean i'm seeing a video of myself and then she brings back and she's like divulged to like one of the older women in the in the village who like believes that there are ghosts there and shows her the videos of 170 years ago it's just like very cool in the sense that like that's what i want if i was time traveling like i want to bring my phone and like document it but you can't charge it yeah um that's true is she is it long is a long book i don't think think it was like pretty standard 350 pages. Mm, I want to read this. It wasn't like extremely steamy, but it wasn't fade to black at all. Yeah. And they have a really nice relationship. It's it's a second chance romance, but it also has like deep gothic elements with this whole ghost plot, which was very cool. Like imagine it's like the foggy moors of England and like she's seeing like ghost creatures with a hatchet and like an old woman who's I'm like this. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very good. Okay, I love it. So, yeah. I really love that one. That's awesome. So the next one I read was One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, which I just realized I didn't put in our show notes yet. Yeah. This is a time travel, female-female romance. Actually, my first female-female romance. I read a lot of male-male, but I had not read female-female. So yeah, that's that was my first one. August and Jane are the main characters. I really love Casey McQuiston's writing. She also wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue, which I don't think you've read yet. No, it's on my bookshelf. It's wonderful. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, I really like that one. And the writing is also very good in this one. So I really appreciate that about her. So August is living in, I think like close to present day, 2010s, maybe late 2010s. No, yeah, it's like 2019, I think, because that's when the book came out. And Jane is from 1970. This is a very, very unique story and way of time traveling. I've never read anything like this. So the way they meet is that August has moved to New York City. She has been bounced around to different universities and different towns for years because she hasn't really found, like, her people and her home. She had a very weird childhood with a single mom because her uncle went missing when she was a kid and her mom has basically been, like, an at-home detective for all this time trying to figure out what happened to him. So her whole life has been, like, chasing leads and just a really weird relationship with her mom and a weird upbringing. So she finally moves to Manhattan. She moves in with these, like, really quirky amazing roommates that are like all super different and unique and she finally feels like she's home she's going to school she's working at a diner and she gets on the q train which if you're from manhattan or you're familiar is a a popular train that runs from brooklyn to manhattan up through the bronx i think she gets on the q train and she sees this woman who's around her age maybe a couple years older and she's like beautiful she's wearing this leather jacket she's wearing these cut off jeans she's listening to like a tape player which is like very it's a thing that so people could live be a, in. someone from the 70s or it could be a, could be a brooklynite like it's <laughs> the same yeah that's the thing it's it could be somebody from today with the clothes and the <laughs> and the tape 
record. Honestly, you could be dressed as anything in New York and it'd be like, yeah. Yeah, normal. Any time period would fit in. So, but she sees this woman and they have like this like electricity between them. And I think, oh yeah, she has just spilled coffee all over her blouse and she shows up on the train and she's got like coffee boobs and (laughs) is just a wreck. And she like just lost her phone. Like she just fell into a puddle or something. And this woman, Jane, gives her her scarf and she like loves the scarf and she just keeps wearing it. So every time she gets on the train to commute to school, she sees Jane. And so they start sort of slowly talking. And it turns out, and this is not really a spoiler, you'll this is like the whole crux of the book, but it turns out that Jane has been riding the subway since 1970, stuck on the subway. Like, she can't remember a time she wasn't on it. She hasn't aged at all in that time. She's just been on the subway, living life all hours of the day and night. Does she feel the time pass? No, she doesn't realize until August gets on there that something's wrong. It's sort of like, um, it almost reminds me of those books where somebody has like amnesia until August gets on and then there's, there's something between them and suddenly she's like, something's wrong with me. Like I feel pulled to you and because I'm now anchored with you, I'm realizing that like, this isn't right. I never get off this train. I don't remember ever being off this train. They try all these things. Like they try to get her to step off the train. She just immediately snaps back to being on the train. Is she in modern time, but she's from the 70s? Yeah. But she's been on the trains for like 50 years or like 40 years. Yeah. So August decides that she is going to make it her mission to figure out what's going on because she is falling in love with Jane. And it's really cute. Like, she brings her all these different foods. Basically, she starts sparking memories because the more time that Jane spends with August, the more she remembers about her life. She can't even remember, like, her real name, you know? She has no context to give August to help her figure out what happened or who she is. So they start sharing all these experiences to help her spark her memory. On the train. On the train. August just goes and rides the train with her. At some point, she stops going to class and she stops showing up for her job. It really impacts her life. <laughs> um, but it works out in the end. It's fine. And also probably breaking her um, bank account a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of money to, to spend. But it turns out that Jane used to work in the diner that she works at. And there's some other connections between them, which you find out later, which is part of the reason they were pulled together. So one of the ways that they start sparking her memory is that Jane has kissed a lot of people. So I think that was first started happening. She was like, oh, I sort of remember I was kissing so-and-so. And then she's like, can I kiss you to, like, help, you know, bring back this memory because she's clasping on like any memory she can get and so she starts kissing august in all these different ways to be like oh yeah i kissed this person and they grabbed my neck and i bit their lip and blah 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 and then this person it was like a really sweet kiss and so they start just making out on public transportation both of them are basically trying to pretend that they're just platonic but clearly it's more than that but is all this happening like with an audience though it depends so it is steamy and the steamy scene on the train is the middle of the night she's gone at like three in the morning and there's nobody else on the train Wait, so I have subway systems are gross, but you don't really. You don't I have another question. Aside. Yes. Okay, so she doesn't like understand how long she's been there, but could she see other people on the train before August? Yes, does she can she, see everybody. So, everybody can see her. Does she acknowledge like, hey, what's that weird glowing thing they're holding? Is that a phone? No, I don't know she what that just, is. I think she just kind of rolls with it. Okay. But what's really cute is that throughout the book, she intersperses all these little missed connections on Craigslist and Twitter posts and ad and it's from like all different it'll be like 1982 1999 2002 and it'll all be like saw you on the train you were beautiful you're wearing a leather jacket you gave my son a lollipop or you you know gave me a tape or something it's all these 
times through history, last 40, 50 years, that Jane has impacted someone's life enough that they've written a Yelp post about it or they've written, they've done something. So it's really cool. Like Aww. you see the evidence of her making an impact to people's lives. One of them was like she stopped a fight. She calmed people down. She's just a really good person that people are drawn to and she's clearly made an impact. It's really cute. So anyway, so August and her roommates end up figuring out what's going on and helping Jane get out of the loop. And then the, the crux at the end is once they figure out how to help her, where will she end up? And they don't know. Yeah. Because the subway is going to get shut down at the end of the summer. So they have to basically help her figure out how to do it, not knowing whether that means they'll get to be together or she's going to suddenly be in like 1970. Yeah. That sounds really cute. It was really good. It's pretty long. I'm trying to look at the book. How long is this? It's a really cute cover too. Yeah, it's over 400 pages. It's pretty long, but it was really good. It was really, really good. Cute. Yeah. I want to talk about two more books before we sign off. The first is actually part of a trilogy. The first book is called The Surviving Trace by Kalia Reed. And this is a steamy enemies to lovers. Our female main character, Serene, is from 2018-ish. And our male main character, Etienne, is a southern gentleman living in Charleston in 1912. Mm. This is, so I said, this is part of a trilogy. I have read the first two and a half books, so I'm almost through the trilogy. I haven't finished it. But in addition to time travel, it deals a lot with the butterfly effect. So over the three books, there is a lot of back and forth. Serene doesn't have control over when she goes back and forth. Mm. And as things change in the past because she ends up encountering relatives, she comes back and things have drastically changed with her current family and, like, oh. state. So it's, like, it oh, kind of... So she's constantly changing the future. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, and a couple times. So it's, like, not when she comes back and things are different, it changes again other times. But the... So the whole concept was kind of interesting. So she is living in, I think, Pennsylvania with her fiancé, and she works at an antique store. She actually owns the antique store with her best friend which side note like i'd really love that job <laughs> like as well as being like a historian i thought you wanted to run a bookstore i want to run all the stores and learn all the things i just like learning so a bookstore slash antique shop would be great i just slash yoga studio i just want to learn about the past and then also meditate so and hold the past in my hands oh, can i do it all that's very sweet um that's very profound yeah so but she owns this antique store and they love, her and her best friend just love like going out to estate sales and collecting a bunch of stuff. And what Serene loves the most is going through photographs, which I love going through photographs. They're like the best, even if they're not of your own family. They're just fascinating. And she finds this one photograph with four guys in it. It's dated like sometime in 1912. And it just has initials on the back. It doesn't have their names. And for some reason, she's captivated by it because she had this weird dream the night before she found the photo. And one of the guys in the photo was in her dream. And she's like, what the fuck is this? Wait, is this a harem story? No, it's not. No, No? it's not. Oh, okay. Um, But she recognizes the guy in the photo, but from her dream. So she's like, this is bizarre. And she kind of becomes obsessed with it. She keeps looking at the photo. You know, she only has initials for the four guys, but she like tries to figure out what their names might be. And she becomes kind of so obsessive over it that at some point her fiance gets kind of frustrated and takes the photo and throws it in their fireplace (gasps) which at that point you know he's going down because you don't do that she's kind of devastated and they get in a fight and she sleeps on the couch and as she goes to sleep she wakes up 
not in Pennsylvania in 2018, but in Charleston, South Carolina, in a mansion in 1912. She wakes up in the mansion. She wakes up in the mansion in a bedroom in the bed. And what's weird about this time travel story is the way she enters into it because she gets there and there's a party downstairs, although she's wearing like some like sweater dress that she had worn out that's on the shorter side, you know, all that. And she like goes down to like the formal dining or ballroom area and there's all these people dressed up and they're trying to come over and talk to her and then they hear this door slam and they're like, oh no, Serene, your husband's here. He's coming in. He's going to be so Wait, mad. Wait, they know her? Yes. So they know her and they know her by name. They're calling her Serene and she's like, I don't know who you are, but okay. And so then this guy comes in who turns out to be Etienne, her husband, and he is fucking pissed at her because he's like, you always throw these parties. This is so stupid. The whole thing behind this is that she has replaced another Serene who looked exactly like her. This is where it was a little bit harder for me to like wrap my brain around it than another time to have romance because she's not walking into the past as an extra. She's mm-hmm. actually walking into someone's existing life. Yeah. And someone's presumably walking into hers. Well, no. But oh, okay. this other, the other Serene, as they, or the old Serene as they call her in the book, like kind of like disappears. They don't know what happened to her. But the old Serene had married Etienne unwillingly they have an unwilling marriage but it's for like society purposes but they don't love each other and old serene just like to spend his money so he doesn't like her and she's like i am not this serene i'm a different person and he's like what are you talking about you're crazy yeah so he's like very mean to her this is like my irish book she at the beginning was like i'm not this person and they were like no you are yeah 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 exactly but she's also like a punchy 2018 gal and she's can hold her own and she's like I'm gonna prove to you that I am who I am and why are you being such an asshole to me she gets very close with his sister who also lives in the mansion and the first part of the book is her basically trying to deal with him and show him that she's not this like stuck up wife of his and also that she's actually from the future and I won't give too much more away in terms of spoilers except I'll disclose like how she convinces him that she is who she says she is so if you want to skip that spoilers for the next 30 seconds she wakes up the morning that news of the Titanic sinking arrives in New York and her father happened to be like a Titanic historian enthusiast and knew everything you know like we all did when the movie Titanic came out in 1997 and everyone became a Titanic historian, if you're too young to remember that, we were all experts because we wanted Leo to survive. Also, don't tell us if you were too young to remember that. You know they did a Mythbusters episode that proved that he would actually be able to fit on the door. Uh, what a bitch. Yeah, I know. Okay. Back to the book. <laughs> so, you, by the way, you need to speak. If you're coming back because you thought there were spoilers, skip ahead another, like, 45 seconds. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, she is like, apparently the first news that came in about the Titanic was that, oh, it wasn't that bad, no one really died, and it's fine. And she's like, oh no, in like three more days, they're going to tell you like 2,500 people died and it all went to shit. And they're like, no way. And then sure enough, three days later, it's hugely devastating and like someone that Etienne knew was on it and died. And and also it was like someone who was like in the upper echelons of society. So, so, (laughs) Kate Winslet. Um, But 
Serene actually knows about his friend because he was like a person in history you could study that died. And and if you've watched the movie Titanic, it's very historically accurate and that they study the exact people who were on the boat and did things to a T of, you know, what they looked like. They did? Yeah. I didn't know that. I was really into the you Titanic. Were, you were definitely a Titanic historian. Leo DiCaprio. Um, DiCaprio. Is that why you, Two words. Is that why you like the name Leo? No, it's actually not, but. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't believe you. It is always interesting in these books that, like, they happen to have the exact knowledge that they need to do whatever they're setting out to do in this earlier but you time. Could argue, like Outlander. But you could argue that that is why they were the person fated to go to the past. Okay. Because they were perfect deep. for it. Again, deep. So anyway, the point is she convinces him. And then they're still kind of punchy towards each other. But they end up having a really hot relationship. And then over these three books, she starts to change the past. They get separated, they come back. There's some angst in the second book because well, I won't I won't spoil it, but even though they get together in the first book, when she comes back during a period for the second book, it's not as simple as it would appear. And there is even some forward time traveling, Ooh. Uh, which I won't talk about more, but it's a fun book. I think I just uh, mechanically struggled to wrap my head around a little bit more because of the whole replacing person and the butterfly effect is always fucking horrible, like hard to yeah figure out and all out. that. So, okay, last true time travel book I want to talk about is one I actually haven't finished. So I'm currently reading it. It's called A Beautiful Wreck by Larissa Brown. I'm pretty sure it's like a low steam book, but it's really beautifully written. This is a story about Jin and Hayrick. And Jin lives in like 2100 and something. And she is basically in this society in Iceland where she works for a company that builds virtual reality systems. She has happened to be working on a Viking platform for virtual reality. And it's like very real. Like you can go in a chamber and like really feel like you're there. And so she... Yeah, and so she is built for this upcoming time travel she doesn't know about to 900 CE Viking years because she actually knows how to like speak the language. She was actually like a linguist to figure out how to make the dialects appropriate for the virtual reality system. That is way more impressive than my protagonist having <laughs> to speak in an Irish accent. Irish accent. <laughs> Although having done it in my head, I can tell you it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. But her world in the future and even our future is very devoid of color and life and it's written in a way that the first part of the book where she's still in the future is actually really hard to read it's almost written kind of abstractly which made it difficult for me to push through but I kept going looking back I feel like it was actually written like that for the reason that like it kind of helps reflect the society at that point yeah a lot of it is like mechanical and there's no grass anywhere, trees, and when they're inside their apartments, they just have floor-to-ceiling screens showing, like, nature or whatever they want to look at. It's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And they even do virtuality simulations of, like, they talk about how they're doing the 2010s, and they're like, oh, this was really popular back then. So, like, even our era has become, like, history. So, anyway, she enters into one virtual simulation, and all of a sudden she finds herself on a beach, and she's like, oh... Wow, they really got this water right. The virtual reality is so good that they actually are like able to reproduce things. But she's like, wow, this is a little bit more advanced than, than we were doing. And the virtual reality system is still only like within the confines of our room. But they've done a really good job to make sure this looks great. And then she realizes that, you know, over a period of time, like 
this is probably probably not in the room anymore. <laughs> like we've gone beyond the bounds of the room and the space is bigger than like, the room. Like because she walks. Yeah, yeah. So like... these Vikings find her and she gets taken back to their village and the leader is Hayrick and he's kind of this like strong silent type. I haven't gotten too far in the book, but basically she starts to assimilate into their society a little bit. She can obviously speak their language and she starts to develop a fascination with the chief, Hayrick. And he's an interesting character because he was born with this birthmark that's covering part of his face, like down his neck and presumably onto his chest. And everyone kind of thinks he's cursed. And so we've got... Cursed with beauty. Well, that. But also we've got a little bit of an unloved hero situation going on here because no one will touch him. No women will touch him. But he obviously feels a pull towards her and she does to him. And so, like I said, have not finished the book, but... They start to build a very sweet relationship, and I was told there was some rescuing it at some point, and, you know, it's it's Viking times. I'm sure someone gets kidnapped. Sure. I love it. I love it. Um, I can't wait. But it's very sweet, and also it's just different. I mean, I feel like so much of what we talked about today happened in the early 20th century or 19th century, and then this was dropping me in, like, 900 CE in Iceland. And, and that it's in the future, too, is cool. Yeah, yeah, and that was very different, so... What a good awesome. set. Yeah. I will say I did start reading a male-male romance, but didn't finish it because <laughs> the author's views ended up being a little troubling to me. But I tried. Sometimes you have to DNF. Sometimes you and have to DNF. DNFing is okay. I used to feel guilty about it, which is silly, but you just, I, I only have so much time. That's true. Real quick before we go, <laughs> I want to talk about the sister to time travel, which is time loop. Yeah. So which I feel like could be its own episode. Frankly. It could be. I mean... There's a lot to talk about. Groundhog Day is kind of the quintessential time loop movie, which is a romance. It's a romantic comedy. Is it? Yeah. I don't remember. All I remember about movies is Buxtony film. <laughs> it's Bill Murray and it's Andy Dowell. I think that's her last name. Yeah. They have a relationship. And then Palm Springs, which you said you just saw, which is with mm, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg and Christy. God, what's her last name? I don't remember. Don't know. But she was also in a virtual simulation show called made for love i think yeah okay yeah yeah and then the only book i'm gonna touch on that's a time loop is uh devil's day party by cm stonach all of the trigger warnings which all of the trigger warnings it's a bully romance it is a high school reverse harem bully romance which is a mood (laughs) and if you listen to last week's episode part of the reason i wanted to talk about this is because last week on our rock star episode we talked about reverse harems and part of what we talked about was like how you can only have so many types of male main characters. (laughs) Like the book we talked about last week, Devil's Day Party also just has three male protagonists instead of like five. So it's easier to keep track of. There's only three of them. But they're very distinct. They're very distinct. One has dark hair and is a real asshole. (laughs) They're all assholes. They are, but they're different kinds of assholes. His name is Calix. Okay. (laughs) They all have great names. Then there's Raz, who has dirty blonde hair and is a little bit, you know, more out there and exaggerated, a little bit more charming, but like in a bully way. His name's Raz. All right. And then you have Baron, who is, I had to write this down, the silent artist emo type with a rainbow mohawk, <laughs> which you definitely <laughs> mentioned last week. So, you know, you have to make them distinct. I liked that book a lot. I don't I love, did too. A bully is hard for me just because it's painful, but it actually, 
when you stick with it, it's good. It's a good book. Yeah, I think time loops it. I mean, the whole, so the whole thing with this book, um, Karma is the main character's name, which is just kind of an interesting name to choose for this too. But she basically like starts her loop every day where she's like in a car crash with these three assholes. And the day always ends with the Devil's Day party, which is like a tradition in her town. I think she's in like Arkansas or something. And they're obviously complete assholes to her. And obviously by the end of the book, they end up falling in love with her and she's in a reverse harem. And she's had relationships with all of them. And it was a longer book. And I always think that's helpful with reverse harem because you have so many relationships you need to build. Mm -hmm. And I did really like this one. But functionally, a time loop is very hard to really realistically build a relationship because... For karma, I can totally see she's living and seeing this evolution. But if you are the person who's just living the day and forgetting the day that happened before because you're not in the time loop, your feelings are not going to evolve mm-hmm. <laughs> over 24 hours. And all of a sudden, you start as the biggest asshole ever. And then you're saying, I love you. And 12 yeah. hours later. Yeah. But um, it's like fairly believable. It is. It is. For, it was especially well, for Rainbow Mohawk. It was well done. It was spicy. But yeah, lots of trigger warnings. It's definitely like a darker romance. And also high school romance, I always have kind of a trouble. Like I said, it's a mood. You got to be there. But you should be there. It's really good. <laughs> yes. I think um, that's all we have for today, right? Yeah, I think that oh, should be it. I hope that's it. I'm tired. <sighs> I will keep reading this trope, though, because I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. And Faded Mates, you know. And there's just a lot of content out there for time travel. There is. A lot of good epic romances lead us out caitlin well thank you for listening find us on instagram and twitter love and underscore podcast you can also visit us online at loveandpodcast.com yes are we requesting any i mean i was gonna say like if you have a time travel romance of your own doesn't make any (laughs) sense (laughs) yes thank you have (laughs) i feel like yeah last week we were like hey if you dated a rock star so this week hey if you've traveled through time And found the love of your life and we're separated, uh, drop us a note at yes. hello at loveandpodcast.com. Also schedule a therapy appointment. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you've read any other really good time travel books, yeah, shout them let out. Let us know. Because some of these I didn't know about until like I actually sought them out. Yeah. Some of them weren't on the list. Like Outlander was obviously like on the list of time travel books and yeah. I already knew about it. Yeah, let us know. Thank you for listening. Go love yourselves. Bye. Bye. <laughs>